Zell, me, the woman whose husband, Nick, died on their watch, in another world, another lifetime. Do they think I've done myself in? Torched my house intentionally? Do they think my head burst into flames? Get her out of here, bellows this second rescuer. He shoves me into a third rescuer, who drags me through the kitchen, through the living room, out to the front porch, and down the cement steps. I scream, Ahab, Ahab, the whole way. Somehow I slip and land belly up on my yard's thin, hard crust of snow. My attic, with its one boarded-up window, seems church-white against the blue-blue sky. The attic I will not, cannot, enter. Russ sheds his firefighter coat, revealing spindly arms, a wife-beater undershirt, and reflective suspenders that flash in the sunlight. He kneels on the icy sidewalk that leads to my front porch. Shoveling was Nick's chore, along with car maintenance and, big surprise, cooking. I refuse to perform these tasks. I'll get to them later, I tell myself. For more than a year now, I've manually pumped my broken turn signal when turning left, eaten microwavable poly pinch meals for dinner, and stomped down two tire-width tracks in my driveway after every snowfall. Russ holds a snout-shaped oxygen mask over Ahab's long nose. Ahab seems to think nothing unusual is happening as if he's not breathing pure oxygen from a mask specifically designed for dogs that may have inhaled smoke. From time to time, he blinks. I sit on the porch wrapped in a blanket from engine 1747. Incidentally, the year Whippamunk was incorporated as a Massachusetts town. Engine 1747 grumbles away in front of the house. It's so cold, I can't really tell whether my nose is runny. I wipe it with the blanket anyway. Dogs dig me, Russ tells Ahab. That's why I carry the mail. In my real job, I mean. With his free hand, he gives Ahab a thumbs-up sign, then smacks his flank so hard that Ahab stumbles. You okay, Zell? Russ asks. Well, is Ahab okay? Right as rain. He grins and gives Ahab another flank smack. Then so am I, I guess. Right as rain. Zell, got a present for you, says Chief Kent. Literally. He groans as he eases down next to me on the steps. Chief is older gentleman sexy, in the way of many park rangers, bagpipers, and commercial airline pilots. But right now his face somehow reminds me of an old brick. His silver hair pokes out crazily, and his boots dwarf my bare feet. He's lived in this town his whole life, and he's been the fire chief since the year I was born. In Chief Kent's huge hands is the object from the oven, a charred box the size of a human head, apparently made of hard plastic. The cube is deformed from heat. It looks like hardened lava coated with residue from the fire extinguisher, Its lid is sealed shut. Chief Kent tosses it at me. I let it land, 
dense and heavy in my lap. I can tell right away there's something inside. It's a present from beyond the grave. A present from Nick. I always wondered where Nick hid his gifts for me. Several times a year, before Valentine's Day or my birthday or Christmas, I snooped around in the house. Invariably, I inspected the same places, behind the coats in the closet, the unusable fireplace, the clothes hamper. Nick followed me from room to room on these hunts. You'll never find it, he said, smiling with his mouth open. Come to think of it, all his gifts, the small ones anyway, emitted a certain odd, unfamiliar scent when first opened. A vaguely chemical, greasy, cave-like smell. The smell, I now know, of oven.